help you this. Thank you. So good to be back at the porch uh, so soon. It's amazing. I was here uh, just before the end of the year last year. And so great to be back with Sean and Mel and Passion tonight. We're uh, just kind of cruising around the country for a few weeks, dropping in on campuses and into gatherings like the porch. And so thanks for having us. We're actually just kind of coming to bring passion to people. Um, we are having two big passion gatherings in a few months, one of them here in the Metroplex, uh, which we're pumped about, and one in Atlanta, Georgia. But we're not really here to sell that tonight because both of them are almost sold out uh, as we speak right now. So it would be impossible for all of you to come to Passion uh, Dallas-Fort Worth right now. So we're excited about that, but we're really just excited about tonight. So David, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Grateful to be at the porch and be under your leadership tonight. Uh, pretty awesome that my friend T.A. has become part of the team here since I was here last time, if you're a watermark person, and that's pretty great. So uh, a smattering of applause. T.A. I think might be here, so maybe he wanted to hear just a little more enthusiasm than that. I don't know if he's here. He was here, but I'm hoping he left early because that was uh, heartbreaking. Uh, anyway, it's good to be here tonight, and I just want to really put a big idea on the table. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say it's the biggest idea that's on your table. And I know there are a lot of big things on your table. Uh, people gathered all over America linking into this right now. A lot of people in their first job, second job. Anybody in your first or second job that's here tonight? Okay, anybody in your ninth job already and they're going by fast or clicking along? Anybody need a job that's here tonight and you're like, I'd really love to be in my first or second job. Anybody in a relationship here? You know, like a, a meaningful potential could be lifelong relationship here? Okay, they're all pointing at you. Congratulations, that's amazing. I didn't even know those people existed anymore. I'm a little out of touch with how things are working these days. Anybody wanna be in a relationship that's here tonight? You're like, Louis, why do you think we came to the porch? You think we love Jesus that much? No. We're here hoping for a miracle. You need healing? No. I need somebody. You need a breakthrough? No. I need somebody. A lot of people here are going through struggle. You're asking big questions. You want to know if you're on the right track. You want to know if you're in the flow of what God has for your life. Some of you are not even sure if God has a flow for your life. But I'm telling you, there's something bigger than all that. Bigger than whether you're in the right grad program, you're in the right job, you're on the right track, you're in the right career, you're possibly gonna meet somebody or figure out what it is that God really has for you to do in life. And there's something bigger than all that. And the thing that's bigger than all that is crazy. And I don't wanna hype it up too much, but it's crazy. And, and the, the reason why we won't all fall on the floor in a minute when we start talking more specifically about it is because a lot of us have been around it too much. And we've been around church too much. We've been around things like tonight too much to, to really take a step back and be absolutely blown away by this idea. Are you ready for it? Yahweh, that's the God of gods, the one true God. The, the creator of the cosmos and everything that exists. That all-powerful, forever-existing being who needs nothing and has never needed anyone, who dwells in absolute, bright, glorious light, is inviting you to come as close to him as you want to 
and to know as much about him as you're willing to come and see. Can we just let that sink in for a minute, David? Yahweh has opened the way for you to come up the mountain and see the glory of God. I went to grad school in Fort Worth, Texas. I was gonna say Fort Worth, Texas, but you know where Fort Worth is. I don't... I speak a lot of other places. <laughs> I went to grad school in Fort Worth. And it was, bef- it was in another lifetime ago. It was before um, anything. So whatever there is, it was before all that. Uh, phones were stuck on the wall and there, there was no technology of any kind. There was no social media. There was nothing. And I was sitting in the library one night, as I would be, about nine o'clock. And I was dating my now wife, who's a student at Baylor, and she was at Baylor, but I didn't know what she was doing at Baylor because I couldn't text her. I couldn't, you know, check her feed. I couldn't call her on my cell phone. So I don't know what she was doing. Probably some frat boy chasing her down for all I know because everybody at the school was after her. And I'm sitting here reading church history and I'm thinking about her being, you know, her dorm was 68.2 miles away from the campus and uh, specifically. And I thought, you know, I, I could make a move right now. So I just packed all my stuff up, got in my car and just started down I-35. And I said, I'm going, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what she's doing, and, but I'm, I'm about to find out. So she, she was living in Memorial Dorm at the time. So I pull onto campus, pull up to Memorial Dorm. I'd stopped on the way. I, I, I didn't have hardly any money. Maybe I had 10 bucks on me probably. No debit cards back then, sorry. I mean, it's another lifetime. I know it's hard to really get your head in that space, but it's just another, another world, another era. I'm coming to you from another time, okay? And so I stopped and at the the gas station when I get off the freeway and I buy two Hawaiian punches. I know that doesn't even make sense. Does anybody even know what that is? Does that exist anymore? Okay, well, that was our thing. That was our thing. Our thing was Hawaiian punch. So I buy two Hawaiian punches. I go park, I walk down the sidewalk, I go in Memorial Dorm. There's a a dorm lady who sits at a little desk and she runs the show. So I walk up to her and and I set the two cans on the counter and I say, can you call up to Shelly Graves' room? I'm hoping she's up there. It's about, you know, now it's like 10.30. And I say, and can you tell her that someone left something for her at the desk? She says, absolutely. So she picks up the phone. She starts dialing. I go around, you know, through the lobby, go behind a plant over here where I can barely see the counter and I'm just waiting it out. And so sure enough, she comes down. She sees the two cans on the, on the counter. She knows that that I have arrived. And so she starts looking around and I pop out from behind the plant and uh, we have a big handshake. Um, it's, a, it, it's a Baptist school. And uh, so we shake hands and um, we, we sit out on the steps with our Hawaiian punches and she has a major test the next morning. She's up there just like studying like crazy. And she's like, I gotta, I gotta keep studying, but uh, this is amazing. And we drank the Hawaiian punches. Please somebody give me bear witness if you know anything about the atmosphere I'm in right now. We drank the Hawaiian punches. We sat 
shoulder to shoulder on the steps in front of the dorm. Um, I put my arm around her. Uh, she, she said, this is so great. You're so sweet. Thank you so much for coming. I said, I just was thinking about you in the middle of studying and I thought I can get there. And so I love you and do great on your test. 15 minutes had transpired and I'm back in the car. Heading back to Fort Worth, Texas. Cause I got stuff too. I got an eight o'clock class also. And I'm rolling back into my apartment at like, I don't know, 1230 for 15 minutes. Anybody ever been there before? Any, anybody ever been there? No, <laughs> nobody's ever had this experience. Really? Oh my gosh, dear Lord, I wanna pray for these people tonight. Have you never done anything that didn't make any sense? No, 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 not in life. Because you were, you were so fixated on somebody an hour and a half drive for a 15 minute moment seemed like the most reasonable thing on earth. But yet you flip the equation a little bit and we've got Yahweh who's saying, I've made a way for you to come as close to me as you want to. And you can know my glory. I wanna take us back to a story in the Old Testament. If you have your scripture, I'm gonna drop down into a verse that God really put in my heart for these nights. And it's uh, Exodus 34, two. But let me give us a little context. We're talking about Moses. Moses, you remember Moses. His mom put him in a basket, put him in the river. He's raised in Pharaoh's household. Eventually, uh, because of his defense of his own people being persecuted by the Pharaoh, he has to flee out into the wilderness. And after a long time, God finds him in the wilderness, says, Moses, I'm gonna use you to deliver my people from Egypt. And, and he does. And so they go through the Red Sea, they have a cloud by day and fire by night. And now they're in the wilderness tracking along with God and God is working his plan out through this man called Moses. And eventually he invites Moses up on Mount Sinai, the holy mountain of God. Now, this is the gospel, by the way. If you just got here and you don't know why we're here, this, this part of the story is the gospel part of the story that we're all celebrating tonight. There was a mountain in the wilderness called Mount Sinai. It was the holy place of God. God had even established it as so and said, don't anybody come near this mountain. Don't touch it or you'll die. This is God's holy mountain. But he invited Moses up on the mountain. This is a precursor to him inviting you and inviting me through Jesus to come and do the holy place of God. And if somebody doesn't amen that tonight, I'm just gonna park right here. We are invited through Jesus into, not into church, not into a thing, not into some kind of religion, but we're invited into the holy place of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Anybody can come, a felon can come, the best person in town can come, the nicest person on the planet can come, the biggest failure can come, anybody can come, an atheist can come, a, a, a person who grew up in a Christian home can come, somebody with a broken story can come, somebody who's doing pretty good can come, anybody through Jesus can come up the holy mountain of God. 
And you don't have to come up that mountain on your own merit. Jesus has made a way. But even in the Old Testament, God's tipping his hand. And he says to Moses, I'm inviting you up on the mountain. Bring two stone tablets with you and meet me on the mountain. And he came up the mountain of God. Stayed up there a while. It's up there longer than people thought he was gonna be up there. He's got God's laws written on stone by the hand of God. And when he finally comes down the mountain, the people, they thought, well, he's never coming back. So they decided, I don't know where they got this crazy idea to melt down all their jewelry and make a golden calf and worship the golden calf. Moses is up on the, the Mount of God's glory. They're down here dancing around a golden calf. Isn't that dumb? Can you imagine being that stupid? That you could be up on the mountain in God's glory and instead you're down dancing around a golden calf? Isn't that the dumbest thing you could ever think of? Oh, no, it's not actually that dumb, is it? He comes down, he sees the calf, he throws his tablets down, they smash on the ground. He tells the people to destroy the idol because why? He's been up on the mountain of God. And I'm telling you, God is inviting you up the mountain. Once he came down, a few things transpired in chapter 33, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible, one of the most pivotal chapters in scripture for me in my life and following Jesus a, he's in the tent of meeting with God, this tent that they carried through the wilderness. And it says when he went in the tent of meeting, Moses, the, the cloud of God's glory would come down on the tent. And they would talk, it says, like a friend talks to his friend. And it wasn't like he was seeing God face to face, but that's how intimate they were. Yahweh was talking to Moses like we talk to each other face to face. And then Moses would leave the tent and the cloud we disperse from the tent. It says, but his young aide, Joshua, he wouldn't leave because he, he couldn't get enough of this idea that God, Yahweh, the creator, would meet with a man or with a woman. And then the conversation unfolds of what happened there. And it was Moses saying, you, you've told us that you're gonna lead us on, but how are people gonna know we're your people when, when we go on? And, and God said, well, I'm gonna go with you. And this was one of the greatest lines in all of scripture to me. And Moses said, well, of course you're gonna go with us because if you don't go with us, we're not going. But then he asked for something else. He said, I wanna ask you one more thing. See the progression? How are people gonna know we're different? God said, I'm going with you. He said, okay, well, I, I, we're not going if you're not going with us. Wouldn't that be amazing if we just parked right there tonight? I'm not going if you're not going with me. I'm not getting in this relationship if you're not getting in the relationship. I'm not getting on this path if you're not on this path. I'm not investing time and energy in this thing if you're not investing time and energy in this thing. If you're not going, I'm not going. It's not like, hey, I love you and I'll check in with you later. I got some other paths to get on. It's like, no, if you're not getting on the path, I'm not getting on the path. But then he said, it's not enough for me to know that you're going with me. I think for the average believer, the conversation could have ended right there and we'd be fine. God said, he's going with us, we're good. But Moses said, no, that's not enough for me. And then he, he took his shot. I love it. He just took his shot and he said, no, show me your glory. I'm glad that you're going, but I wanna see your glory. And I just wonder tonight at the porch where we are gathered all over the nation tonight, 
Is there somebody at the porch that says, it's not enough for me that God is gonna bless my way. I want God more than I want God to bless my way. Has anybody today taken a shot with heaven and said to God Almighty, show me your glory? I'm telling you, God didn't even think about it. He said, okay, okay. But I'm gonna have to stick you in a crack of a rock and I'm gonna have to put my hand on top of you. And then I'm gonna let my goodness pass by you and I'm gonna let you see the the back of me going by. Because if I don't do that, you won't make it off the mountain. You'll be obliterated by my glory. But come on. And then this verse, I love it. In chapter 34, he says in verse two, be ready in the morning and then come up on Mount Sinai. Be ready in the morning and come up the holy mountain. I'm inviting you up the mountain of God. And then he says to him, present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. If I put a title on this message tonight, it would be next level. It's the crazy idea that God is saying the very same thing to you and me because of Jesus that he was saying to Moses on this day. Get ready in the morning. And if you want to, come up Mount Sinai and present yourself. God, here I am. I wasn't satisfied down on the lower level. I wasn't satisfied at the lodge with the hot chocolate. I wasn't satisfied at the lookout we could drive to. I came all the way up to the top of the mountain and I am presenting myself here before you today saying, I wanna see and taste the glory of God. I don't want any less than you. I just want. I think so many times we stop with, I need God's help. I need God's direction. I need God's input. I need God's discernment. I need God's wisdom. I need God's truth. I need God's principle. I need God's blessing. And all those things are great. But God loves the heart that says, more than the blessing, more than the wisdom, more than the insight, more than the truth, more than the principle, I want you. It's like the psalmist who encouraged us, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I went, I read that about three weeks ago and I was like, oh my word, if I don't have everything my heart desires, it's on me. Because I have the option of delighting myself in the Lord. I can't delight you in the Lord, but I can delight myself in the Lord. And when I delight myself in the Lord, he promises to give me the desires of my heart. I think the way that equation works, by the way, is is that the more I say, I just want you, the more my heart turns into being satisfied completely in him. And I get in him everything that I've desired because he is all that I need. We were created by God and for God, Colossians. And I pray like you've been studying in Ephesians chapter one, that God would open the eyes of our heart 
and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God that we might know him better. Revelation is what happens when the Holy Spirit takes information and blows it up in our heart and in our mind. And what we knew now is absolutely vivid in our hearts and it is capturing our desire and our total imagination. And we move toward God like we've never moved before. I, I pray that tonight in God. I pray in the name of Jesus right now across all the porch gatherings that you would give a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. I pray that someone's eyes will be open. The eyes of their heart will be enlightened that they may know you more. Why? Because he's better. He's better. David said it this way in Psalm 27, verse four. He said, one thing I ask of the Lord. Man, how clarifying is that? And that will I seek. One thing, if you give me one thing, one shot, one, one opportunity, what am I gonna put at the end of that? Dear God, please, what's gonna go in that blank? He said, I'll tell you what's in my blank. If, if I get one shot, one thing I'm gonna ask of the Lord, one thing I'm gonna seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Check this phrase, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. If I get one shot, I just want you. I think the question tonight is, what is my one shot? What's your one shot? What's your one thing? If it all comes down to this, what is the this? If it all comes down to this, what is the this? And is it truly for me that this is, I just want you? I think it starts tonight with you seeing that that's his this. He just wants you. Of course, he has a will for your life and a purpose and a plan. Of course, he gave you gifts, abilities, aptitudes, and opportunities. Of course, he wants to use you to impact your generation, your neighborhood, your community, your place of work, your family. Of course, he wants you to leave a legacy for his glory on planet Earth. Of course, he has work for you to do. Of course, he wants to give you meaning in life. But more than all of that stuff, he just wants you to the degree that Jesus made a way for you to come up the holy mountain of God. And this is the most mind-blowing thought of all. You can go as high as you want to go. A.W. Tozer, brilliant theologian and preacher, he said it this way, every person is as close to God as they wanna be. You're like, no, I've had hardship, doesn't matter. Hardship doesn't stop you from being close to God, according to Romans. Yeah, but I, I've had a disappointing life, I know. But disappointing lives don't stop us from being close to God. They actually propel us to being closer to God. But I've been through a lot of pain, I know. And you know what pain does? It pushes us closer to God. Oh, the enemy can use it to push us away from God, but the spirit uses pain to push us closer to God. I've never been closer to God in my life than the most desperate, painful moments that I've walked in where I had nothing but to absolutely fall in the grace of God. And you know what, what happened when I did? I found that the grace of God is actually real and actually as powerful as we say it is. And if you've lost a loved one or held the hand of someone in your family when they took their last breath or you've gotten a phone call in news that was absolutely tragic and devastating, you know that the grace of God is real. The love of God is real, the power of God is real. But what about the beauty? When's the last time anybody said, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to make it. I've carved out that time to just gaze on the beauty of God. 
When is the last time anybody said, I've only got 15 minutes and it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get there, but when I get there, I'm gonna be there with Yahweh, so I'm gone. And when they got back, they were like, absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. And I just wanna encourage us all in that way. You can go as high on the mountain as you want to. There is no place on this mountain that says, I'm sorry, authorized personnel only beyond this point. And if I don't make it to glory, it's because I didn't want to. It's because I got sold something less and I took it. I'm old and so you would expect me to say this, but I'm not in the TikTok uh, promised land yet. I mean, I might be, but it's not because of me. Somebody else has put me in the TikTok promised land. But, but I, I know the explore page on Instagram and I know that reels are real. And I don't know what Instagram thinks about me, but it knows that I love dogs, uh, older dogs that get puppies in boxes. I know that they, it, Instagram knows I like that. Um, I know that Instagram knows that I like to see yachts on fire, apparently, because every day I get another yacht on fire. Um, I, I know that Instagram knows that I like to see people that I don't know, couples that I don't know, dancing in their uh, foyers. I don't know what this says about me, but Instagram knows I like the outfit of the day. <laughs> I don't even buy women's clothes online, but apparently they think I want to. And if you drop into that zone, does anybody ever get into that world? It is amazing, isn't it, how the math works. Like you go in there at like 7.40, and you come out at like 9:10 and you haven't eaten you've missed, missed you know someone coming by the house i'm exaggerating a little bit but it's amazing how little by little tiktok 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 maybe there's a reason why it's called tiktok because it's tick-tocking our lives away. And, and it might be like tick-tocking us to death. And I can say this because I'm old and no one will care because I'm old, but I was lost in the explore page watching uh, yachts catch on fire. <laughs> Does anybody else? Instagram want you to see yachts catching on fire? You're like, I didn't know that was on there. No, it's amazing, it's just phenomenal. I, either catching on fire or running over docks. Either one, I'm fascinated. The bigger, the better. <laughs> 120 foot yacht. It just ran over a dock and three other yachts. Wow, that is amazing. I'm watching that again. Um, and I was lost in, in the reels. And this is true. This is not, I'm not trying to spiritualize. And when I came out of Never Never Land, sitting right next to me was this. And I thought, what would happen if God's spirit ignited our hearts in such a way 
that we could open this living, breathing miracle. And all of a sudden, like it was 7.40 when we went in, I know it was, but somehow it was 9.10 when I came out and I don't know what happened. I missed a meal. I missed two texts. I went up the mountain of God. That same A.W. Tozer, I was reading, uh, I've read a lot about him in my life, but I was reading a story about him. He, he died in the, in the 60s, been gone for a minute. But it said his, one of the people that worked for him said he came in to his office like he would do, and he would get in this little corner and pray. And they said he was praying in his office, and normally that would happen for a bit, an hour or so, and, but it kept going, and he never came out to say, hey, okay, I'm ready to do the day. And so his uh, assistant was sitting out where she would normally sit, and you know, 11 o'clock came, and then lunchtime came, and then 2 o'clock came, and then 5 o'clock came, and she finally thought, I got to go home. So she's packing all her stuff up, and she doesn't know what's happened. So finally, she just very nervously kind of knocks on the door and cracks the door. And A.W. Tozer's in there in the corner with God. And she says, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Dr. Tozer. And he kind of startles him a little bit, and she says, I'm sorry, but, um, uh, and, and he says, what, 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 what time is it? And she said, well, it's, it's, it's quitting time. It's, uh, it's 5 o'clock, and... I've got to head home now. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea what time it was. And I thought, have I ever done that one time in my life? That I went up the mountain of God and got into an atmosphere in an altitude, in a place with a vista and the revelation of God and his glory. And I just completely lost track of everything. And I believe that's the generation that God's looking for. A generation where somebody steps forward and says, I want one thing. And one thing I'm gonna seek. Oh, I'm gonna get my work done. I'm gonna do well in my company. I'm gonna try to figure out how to add value to everything I'm doing. But I'm telling you, I will not be robbed of this one thing. I wanna dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And I wanna gaze on the beauty of the Lord. And I wanna meditate in his temple. I wanna know his glory. I do not wanna be satisfied with knowing about him. I want him to be my all and all. I wanna say, you are my first love. You are the this in my equation in my life. I'll tell you a couple of things that will happen really fast. We'll close. Number one, your whole worldview will be changed up on the mountain of God. Everything will change up there, but it'll all be great because it will be reorganized by the glory of God. Secondly, when you come down from the mountain of God, you will no longer tolerate any idol because you have seen and tasted that the Lord is good. And foolishness, this is kind of the phrase God's been putting in my heart. Foolishness will have no place. You'll come down from the mountain of God and people will say, hey, you wanna do whatever? And you'll be like, no. Right now you have nothing to compare it with. It's like, okay, 
I got nothing else happening right now. But when you've been on the mountain of God and you come down and people say, well, we're, we're going here. And you're like, no, I don't think so. Why? Because I don't have a space for foolishness in my life. I get one life, one set of breath. I don't know how many I've got coming through these lungs, but I promise you one thing. With these lungs, I'm going up the mountain of God and I'm gonna meet him there, be changed by him there. And here's the last thing about it. When you've been up there, you're gonna be lit. You will not have to tell anybody. Well, you know what? Yesterday I was with God. Yesterday, I just turned everything off, closed down all the apps, decided I was gonna get in the presence of God and stay there, and I did, and it was amazing. No, you don't have to give that speech. When you've been up Mount Sinai through Christ, you've been on the mountain of God, you will be lit. Moses' face glowed from the back of God's goodness when his hand covered him in a crack in a rock. How much more are our faces going to glow when through the Holy Spirit, we come into fellowship with God Almighty because of the work of Jesus Christ. Paul said, we're gonna be changed from moment to moment, from glory to glory. And we're not gonna have to worry about our litness fading. We are going to be bright and radiant. Those who look to him, the psalmist said, are radiant and their faces are never covered in shame. I wonder if anybody has got a hunger tonight to put down the foolishness and to put down this idea of being satisfied with a low level coffee when God's inviting you to come as high up the mountain as you wanna come and he'll draw you and pull you by a flame that burns within you. But it starts, I think, with us saying, God, I want to come up the mountain. I don't know what's gonna have to go, but I'm never gonna say I don't have time for God. I'm gonna say, I'm sorry, I don't have time for that. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to, to join y'all for that. I'm sorry, not gonna be able to get my run in today. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to put that on the schedule today because I promise you there is one thing and I'm getting the one thing. I'm getting the one thing. If that seems to resonate with you, I wanna pray for you. I don't think it's a lot of people necessarily, but I know there's somebody right now and your heart is literally beating faster than it was when you got here. And you wanna say to God tonight, I want to see, I need to see. I was made to see your glory. And I'm sorry that I hadn't made it up very high. But if you'll have me, I wanna come, I wanna come. Could you just stand? That's just more for you than for us. Could you just stand if that's you while I pray so I'll know who I'm praying for?
I just invite you just to open your hands. It's just a way of saying to the Lord, uh, I'm letting go. Letting go of the thing that I was leaning on to comfort me or to numb me or to entertain me or to distract me. I'm letting go. And what I want is you. I just want you. Lord, I really can't. Um, organize a journey for anybody but me. But Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that you would kindle a new flame in the heart of every person that is longing for something more. And I ask you to do that in the name that is power, the name that made the way. Lord, we don't want any striving and we're not into any striving tonight, but we do know that we're not just gonna magically gonna get up the mountain. And so will you ignite a determination to press through, a determination to not settle, a determination to not give up, a determination that says, I'm gonna keep coming. Feelings or no feelings, I'm gonna keep coming until I see something that literally blows me away and changes everything. Lord, I ask that, that you would give a brand new heart. The heart of Joshua would be in these sons and daughters tonight. I'm not leaving the tent. I'm not leaving the tent. I'm not rushing away. I'm not in a hurry. And I'm not buying the lie that I'm not wanted. I'm staying with you. Yeah, that's what we're asking for. Yeah. In Jesus' name.